And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program. Today we have an exciting program prepared to you. I'm Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, as we're going to be talking about, of course, this generation prophecy, Bible prophecy for this generation. And we hope you can stay tuned to our program today as we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 21. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. I'm glad that Dick and I can get together with Jesus' teachings. We pray you will speak through us and enlighten those who are studying your word, Lord. We're all students and we all want to know you better. In your precious name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, the wonderful subject matter of Bible prophecy for this generation. And of course, we've been talking about the importance of biblical prophecy and also passing on the Bible prophecy baton to that next generation. So Nathan, you and I have been having a wonderful time uh, talking about this subject matter. We had a little bit of a sabbatical there, but we are back. How are you today? Thank you, we are. Uh, good to be back, brother. I, I really enjoy our weekly teachings. They, they mean a lot to me. They're the highlight of the week, and I have their blessings for all those who are tuned in as well. Absolutely. Thank you. And Nathan, of course, uh, we are excited because you and I are living in an exciting time. I mean, we see Bible prophecy being fulfilled uh, all around us. If someone doesn't believe what we're saying, all they need to do, right, Nathan, is turn on the news. <laughs> yeah. oh, brother, you're not kidding. Oh, my goodness. All the things going on in the world just the Bible prophesied. Signs of the end times when Jesus returned in full force. Uh, brother, I'm, I'm just waiting to hear that trumpet. Uh, now and then, I don't know about you, but to hear a car beep or or some kind of cell phone ringtone go, and you're like, is that it? But I anticipate it, Oh, amen. It goes to show how you and I have our ear attentive to his. And Nathan, talking about that, you know, but it's just interesting to me how so many Christians live their lives oblivious to what's really going on around it. And I really believe that your lifestyle is biblical. We are to live as if the Lord could return today and how awesome that would be, listening for that trumpet sound. It was the command of Jesus Christ. Uh, that was one of his final messages, was to be ready, be watchful, anticipate his soon return. And yes. He says soon, of course, it's been 2,000 years. He meant soon, like when it comes, it will come quickly. And certainly the teaching of the rapture is Jesus comes very quickly in that. Blink of an eye like a snap, and there he is, and we're taken away. And that can happen at any time, man. So yeah. we need to live our lives uh, holy, of course, but also evangelizing, telling the lost about awesome. Jesus Christ all the time, sure. Excellent point. And Nathan, and you and I also talked about the importance of passing on the biblical baton. In other words, uh, hey, we see some incredible Bible prophecy giants passing away and how important it is to also prepare that next generation or encourage other individuals to uh, carry the torch and to study biblical prophecy. And, and we, you and I talked about how the Lord uh, put that in our hearts many years ago and you've been in, in the ministry now and in teaching biblical prophecy for many, many years. Well, I've always had a passion for the 31% of the Bible, this Bible prophecy. I mean, as far as I can remember, probably because I was raised and going to churches that had passion. It didn't matter the denomination as long as the church uh, followed the Bible and followed the primary doctrines. I don't think I've ever been to a church that didn't teach about the soon return of Jesus Christ. And I went to a college that was dispensational in background, had a strong influence with Charles Ryrie. Mm. So he was an avid teacher, the soon return of Jesus Christ. The seminary I went to had a strong avid 
Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And, uh, so I don't know, man. It's all my experiences that led up to there. Am I the product of the teaching of Bible prophecy of those before me who had a passion about it? Yes, I am. But also in self-study, I'm not just standing there basing my faith and belief on what yeah. others told me, but I've gone into the Word and studied as well, just as you have. Excellent point, Nathan. And, I, and you made a very good point. We've gone into the Word because at the end of the day, we want to be taught by uh, the Holy Spirit. And, and that's why, as you and I were talking about the importance of this, we also recognize that there is a generation uh, right here, right now, that also needs to be prepared and do the work and do the study uh, because we believe the Lord is coming back at any moment. As a matter of fact, as we turn to Luke chapter 21, Nathan, uh, there uh, in verse 29, through 38, uh, we see this incredible parable uh, that the Lord uh, brings forth. And we wanted to uh, maybe talk a little bit about that. So Nathan, if you can take us to Luke 21, uh, around verse 29 and down, so that we can encourage maybe someone out there that is uh, that, that maybe doesn't understand the times in which we're living and the importance for us to know Bible prophecy. Okay, well, since my Bible here splits into your passage into two parts, I'm going to do that and uh, if you want me to go on, just tell me. But uh, if we look at Luke 21, starting verse 29, it reads, Then he, Jesus, spoke to them in a parable. Look at the fig trees and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourself that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away until all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my works will by no means wow. pass away. Ooh, what an amazing passage. Talk to us, Nathan. What is this referring to here and, uh, and all these wonderful nuggets of wisdom? Luke 21 is a massively important chapter in the Bible. Its parallel is uh, Matthew 24 and Mark 13. And in this passage, Jesus is giving the signs of the end times, and in particular, that point to his soon return. The apostles wanted to know, when, Jesus, are you going to come back? And they were some other. When, are you, when is the temple going to fall? When will you come back you know, before the rapture? And then when will you come back at the second coming? And Jesus answers all three questions by giving these signs. So these signs lead up to each of these three events, but they increase in frequency and intensity with each one. So by the time that we're near the end times, these last days that we're living in, they'd be super intense and super frequent. When I say signs, I'm talking about signs of nature, uh, natural disasters, I'm talking about social upheaval, of wars and rumors of wars, of famines, of pestilence, of signs in the sky. All these things would add up and primarily the world being against Israel, especially over the control of Jerusalem. Brother, I don't know about you, but we are living in those times. You're saying that actually happened right before our eyes. Yeah, I mean, Nathan, of course, uh, there's a reference here to the faith tree, there's a reference here to this generation, and, and uh, I know there's different debates about that. Your take on, on this passage right here. Sure, well, you tell me, what do you think he means by a faith tree? Uh, I well, bet there's a yeah. prophetic parallel to it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Oftentimes, Israel in the Bible uh, has been portrayed uh, as that in the book of Isaiah and others, so I thought, you know, it could be a wonderful... Uh, uh, prophecy as we look at the regathering of God's people uh, in our time. Right. Well, you are absolutely correct. The fig tree is a reference to Israel. There's two other references in the Bible where the 
God calls Israel the fig tree. Now, I think there's, there's two levels of understanding here when it's fig tree. Jesus look at the fig tree and all the trees and their buds, right. you know that summer's near. I mean, that's the obvious interpretation. Right. That's the literal interpretation. You start seeing a tree get leaves, what time of year is it? Well, it's spring. Exactly. So in other words, when all these signs that Jesus listed are coming, in other words, when you see them in their fruition, those are the leaves on the tree, and these things will come near. But there's a prophetic level to this because the parable of the fig tree ties to an earlier incident as Jesus was going to the temple. He cursed the fig tree right. for not producing fruit. And he said that if any tree that did not produce fruit would be destroyed. Well, Israel being the fig tree, if Israel didn't produce the spiritual fruit, it would be destroyed. And it was. In 70 AD, the Romans destroyed it, and the Jews were dispersed a second time throughout the world. So, Jesus again, follow up, because this is just the next day. He's saying, hey, look at the fig tree again. Immediately the apostles would be like, oh, no. like that fig tree you, you destroyed yesterday. Ah, well, when the fig tree rebuts, when it becomes a nation once again, awesome. the tenth sign that Jesus gives in Luke 21, you know that the end times are upon us, and it soon returns to him. Brother, Israel has been a nation since May of 1948. The fig tree is rebutted. It's been 70 years now. It means that we are very close the Lord's soon return. Yeah, and, they, and that's what, and thank you so much for sharing that because sometimes people ask, well, how long is a generation or when is this going to happen? We don't know the day or the hour, but like you mentioned, hey man, look at the things of nature. We can tell the seasons, we can tell the times. Right now in Florida, let me tell you, it's summer. How can you tell? Because it's hot. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man, we just started our 100-degree stretch here in Dallas, Texas, so I totally understand the trees are fully, they're not just beyond by the day you have the leaves on, so we know that we're in the sun, but the analogy beautifully always connect these spiritual thoughts with very simple illustrations. Look at a tree, it's budding, oh, yeah, that means the summertime's around the bend. So, too, these 10 signs that Jesus gives in Luke 21, Oh, they're funny. They're happening. Israel, the nation. Oh, that means that Jesus Christ is coming back soon. Absolutely. That is, that's amazing. And of course, Nathan, I mean, we don't have to complicate biblical prophecy. Like you said, look at the literal sense. Look what it means. Use common sense, right, Nathan? And uh, a lot of times, that's all it takes. Just read the passage. See what it's saying. Read the passages before. And it's not like it's a mystery, right, Nathan? Sometimes people try to make everything out to be a mystery. Or let me show you the latest thing. Yeah, let me, let me spiritualize for you. I will apply it in the way I see it fit. No, no, no. We take a literal interpretation of the Bible. The golden rule of interpretation when it comes to Bible prophecy is if the plain sense makes sense, That's look right. for no other sense, lest you end up with nonsense. <laughs> and on top of that, you interpret the symbols according to the context. Often the Bible will interpret the symbols for you. And just like we said, the fig tree is interpreted in the Bible as a symbol for Israel. The tenth sign that Jesus gave in Luke 21 was the return of Israel as a nation. So we know that this, those things have two meanings as it's combined to one. The signs of the times point to Jesus' soon return. That's right. And Nathan, I love verse 31 because it's almost like it's making it personal even to this generation now. Uh, verse 31, so you also... When you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. I kind of love that because for you and I, uh, as we look at the fulfilled prophecy, 
It doesn't take much faith for you and I now, Nathan, because all we have to do is turn on the television and we can see Israel there now, regather, where for someone a hundred years before, it would have, this would have seemed way harder to believe. Oh, yeah. I mean, you go to Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11 prophesied that the Jewish people would be regathered a second time. Now, exactly. we know they were regathered the first time. It happened in the 500s BC. They were gathered from the Babylonians and brought back into the land of Israel. But no, Isaiah prophesied a second regathering. And this regathering would be so monumental that the Jewish people, instead of looking back in the history and pointing to the Exodus, they would instead point to the time when all the Jews were brought back to the land of Israel. Now, in this day, there are about 12 million Jewish people on the planet, which, mm. considering the thousands of years the Jews have been around, that's amazing that number is so tiny, but they've been persecuted, and of course, with the Holocaust, killing half of them. It's amazing that there's any today. There's 12 million. 7 million are in Israel right now. So, the other remaining... Five million continue to be out throughout the world, mostly the United States. But a prophetic war called the God and Magog War, Ezekiel 38 and 39, prophesies that the remaining Jews after that war will return to Israel. So this prophecy will be fulfilled in full eventually, I believe soon, that every Jew on the planet will return to Israel. Mm. Wow, and that is amazing. And that's why we see this incredible regathering, Nathan. God put it in the hearts of the Jewish people. Somehow or other, they go, you know, I just feel, I have a sense that I need to return back to the homeland. And some of them can't even explain it. And that shows that it's God bringing his people back together. Right. We're making Aliyah, as they call it, the return. This, this calling, like a migratory, but you know the birds are called by a migration instinct to go from one place to the Good next. Point. And many Jewish people are feeling that. Now, where they're not responding to that migratory, Call where they feel comfortable, where they're making money. Well, the Lord then brings persecution, and yes. He's doing so through the Islamic threat, through the humanist threat, uh, right. very anti-Semitic feeling that's going on in the world. And you only have to like to turn on the news, watch the UN, and seem to exist and do nothing but persecute Israel. So you can see the response to mm-hmm. President Trump moving the embassy to Jerusalem. The world condemns. Eventually, though, Amazing. every nation in the world, the Bible prophesies, will stand against Israel, and that will force all the Jewish people yes. to return back to Israel. Yeah, and again, that's why people say, well, I wonder how this is going to happen. Well, and we look at the Bible, there's so many evidence there. In the past, God has used uh, persecution to discipline his people, to wake them up, if you will, and to pay attention to what has been written in the scriptures, because that's a tendency... Uh, even so many of us, Nathan, we have a tendency to get distracted because of all the things around us. Here in the U.S. particularly, it's very easy for us uh, to get distracted uh, from the Word of God and the importance of things because we have so many distractions, so many gadgets, so many things to pull us away. <laughs> oh, isn't that the truth? And it's a shame because the churches have taken on what's called the secret sense of movement. It's the idea that our church services, instead of being places for believers to feel refreshed and grow and be ready to go out and bring the gospel to the world. The pastors, a lot of them have turned their services into evangelistic outreaches. And when you're always in evangelistic outreach, you're always preaching at a 100 level, you know, the basics, the, what Paul called the milk, you know, of, of the gospel. And the Christians never grow. And when they never grow, they never get to the deeper topics of the Bible, which include 
the teaching of the soon return of Jesus Christ. Yes. And so many of them have given up or don't even think about it right. because they're not taught it. And that's truly yeah. a tragedy, what you said. Yeah. Oh, Nathan, and, and definitely, because when I look at verse 33 in Luke chapter 21, I mean, it says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means. In other words, look at the importance that Jesus places on his word, uh, the truth, the validity, right, Nathan? And, and that goes for Bible prophecy, and this is why we need to pay attention and focus and spend time in this. It's a, a Bible verse that you bring up, because I think we read over it, we don't take how serious verse 33 is. Is that we know that at some point, according to Bible prophecy, this earth that we're in will pass away and be replaced with a new earth. The heavens, the skies around us will be replaced. Everything exactly. about this world will change and be different. Exactly. They will pass away. We kind of think the earth will go on for millions of years and the sun won't burn out for another billion years. Yes. Or, you know, all these different uh, long time periods will, will happen. No, no, no. These things will go away first right. before the Word of God will pass away. In other words, it'll never happen. So we have all this knowledge of pop culture, sports, and news, and gossip, and, and all that. That's nonsense, man. That's going away. The Word of God, we will still have that even a trillion, billion years from now. Excellent point. And, and this is why this is the most reliable tool that we have for people to, and Nathan, and I love the promise there, it's not might pass away, uh, you know, but, but it's the word will, and, and will means it's, it's going to happen, this is something you can bank on, the word of God, you can trust it, everything that has been written uh, is going to be fulfilled. You know, Nathan, I, I mean, this just like you mentioned, there's a lot here in these passages, uh, but uh, verse 34 uh, would you be able to read that one for us again, Nathan? Because I see more like a little bit of a, a warning there, like a wake-up call. Sure. All the finishing of the teaching goes through 34 through 36. It says, But take heed to yourselves, let your hearts be weighed down with carousing, mm. drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. Right. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole Watch therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass mm. and to stand before the Son of Man. Well, I mean, that is a powerful passage. Uh, verse 34 just rings uh, with me, but take heed. And notice it says to, to yourselves. In other words, it's a personal thing, right? Nathan, it's a personal walk that we have. Absolutely. You know, Nathan, I, I was, um, when I look at this, this is why I, it reminds me that we are, we're running a race, and someone once said that it's not uh, how you start, but it's how you finish. And uh, one of the things that you and I are running towards is, is to finish well. There are so many people that have started, but they're nowhere to be found. Uh, Christians, uh, they, you know, they started well in a sense with the Lord, and now you go, hey, what happened to so-and-so, right? And, <laughs> and here it says, take heed to yourself. In other words, let's... Watch our lifestyles as we're living in the last days. That's a good point. Yeah, that's, Jesus just gave a pretty weighty teaching here. I mean, he talked about the end of the world and it, the terrors that will come from it. And, and he says, but, you know, take heed. Don't be weighed down. You know, don't be depressed. Uh, and then don't drown your depression by carousing. In other words, that's right. After women, sex. Uh, don't, don't get into drinking mm. 
Don't be bogged down by all the little cares of this life. Yes. And then all of Jesus will come and you'll be like, what? It'll become on you unexpected. We as Christians, the return of Jesus Christ should never be unexpected. Right. Because Jesus told us what would happen before he came so that we can be expected. And unfortunately, many Christians get dragged down into the cares of this life. You know, Nathan, and one of the things that we notice there reminds us of the parable in Matthew 13, but not only that, but it talks about the, the, the cares of this world. And I think you and I would agree that that's the, the one thing that seems to bring us, uh, again, out of focus, if you will, the paying of the bills, the day-to-day job. And not that, we don't, not, not that we don't need to do those things, but I think so many people are so focused on making a living or climbing up the corporate ladder or making money that they allow the cares of this world to snuff out the beautiful things that God has for them. That's a great point. You know, I was uh, reading today Revelation chapter 2 about the church of Ephesus. Yes. And the church of Ephesus was a mighty church, one of the, the uh, churches that loved to do the works of the Lord, and they knew to be discerning against false teachers. Uh, but Jesus had this to say to them, because of their love, of, their love right. had grown cold. In yes. other words, they disconnected from the source thing. And then he says, you know, basically stop, look back and see how far that you you strayed from the course yes. and reset get back on course. Brother, I think that that's what Bible prophecy provides to all believers throughout the church age, is that, you know, we can get bogged down in things of life and we don't even realize that we, we're getting farther and farther away yeah. from Jesus being our focus and the love of Him. And, and Jesus says, stop, Take a moment, look back, realize how far you've gone, course correction, repent, yes. and make a course correction, and then we'll go 180 degrees, change and go back. Ooh. And that's the message to the church at Ephesus, and that should be the message to us today. I love it, Nathan, I love it. You know, some people might say, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, why have you guys been doing Bible prophecy for so many years? I mean, why do you keep doing this over and over again, week after week? And the answer is, right, Nathan? so that we can stay tuned into the Lord, so that we don't fall away because it's so very easy for us to get cold and not want to do the things that the Lord has called us to do. It's hard, it's difficult. We always have an excuse, right, Nathan? <laughs> oh, you're not kidding. I mean, just, just try to stay alive. <laughs> it's, it's challenging, but, you know, as Christians, we're given a heavenly perspective. We're given that 30,000-foot yes. view. It's like we're going up a mountain, we're standing at the peak, and we're looking down into the valleys. And, and Christians are given that. You know, the general population of the world, the pagans, so to speak, don't get that because they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. Yeah. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, know that you have got the 30,000-foot view. You have the Bible, which tells us where we're going, what our purpose is, mm-hmm. you know, what our future is. And that will change your life if you have that kind of perspective. Absolutely. And Nathan, and that, that perspective comes with a relationship with Jesus, uh, uh, seeing who he is, allowing the Holy Spirit to live uh, in you. And that's why for those of you that maybe haven't started that relationship with Jesus, you don't have that view that we're talking about. Well, you can start that relationship right now and allow the Holy Spirit to live in you and to remove the blinders of your eyes so that you can see the truth of who he is and how much he loves you. So we oftentimes love to give an opportunity before we end our programs to receive Christ. And Nathan, would you be able to maybe uh, offer that to that individual that maybe is open to receiving the gospel right now, how they can start a relationship? Well, I think it's uh, verse 36 says right there, Watch therefore and pray away that you may be counted worthy to 
believe all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. How do you overcome these problems? How are you counted worthy? Well, 1 John 5, 5 tells us that. Who are those who overcome? Only those who believe in Jesus yes. is the Son of God. So you have to accept the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You have to accept the fact that you are a sinner and you are going to die in your sins and go to hell as just punishment. But that Jesus Christ, he died for your sins. The perfect man died in your place. But like any free gift, you have to accept it. You have to take it in faith and pray from your heart something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus promises to do just that. Your sins are forgiven. The weight of that sin, the guilt that you feel, will be taken from you. And you will inherit eternal life with Jesus Christ in heaven forever. You will be an overcomer. And you can expect the return of Jesus Christ to take you to heaven. That's amazing. They've been awesome. And of course, maybe you have... Open your heart right now to the Lord. Let me know. God, let, let, let me let you know that God has a wonderful plan for you. That's how He started with us. And God will put in your heart the desire to continue to do the things He called you to do. Because we believe we are that generation that could possibly be alive and remain when the Lord returns for His church. And how awesome that would be if you would join us uh, in that wonderful uh, celebration when the trumpet blows. And I believe that's going to happen really, really soon. So Nathan Jones, an amazing, amazing passage. Then I want to thank you so much for opening up the wonderful portion of scriptures to those that maybe didn't have a clear understanding of this incredible passage. Well, thanks, uh, brother. I appreciate you always hosting these and coming up with all these great subjects to talk about. Hopefully, uh, folks, if you're tuned in and you like these, please share these out. And yeah. Get these out and use the like and share button. Uh, make sure to download these new podcasts on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. So you can also download the podcast and listen again and again. And if there's a particular message that's touched your heart, then share it with other people as well right. so they can grow in the world. Excellent, excellent way of closing us, Nathan, because that's what evangelism is. A click of a button, share the message, and let the Holy Spirit do His work. Amen, brother. That's a good point. Absolutely. So, we, so Nathan, maybe next time we meet, we'll have a whole bunch of evangelists out there because they shared our message. <laughs> I sure hope so, man. I sure hope so. Absolutely. Well, Nathan Jones, thank you so much for being part of the program. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, brother. Appreciate being on. Awesome. And of course, our time has come to the end. Dick Batista, Nathan Jones, thanking you for being part of our program as we've been looking at Luke chapter 21, this prophetic generation. And of course, we thank you for your prayers and your support as well. And we pray that you have a wonderful, wonderful